Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and the guests we've been having lately. Thank you again to all my subscribers, for all of you who've been signing up for email lists, signing up on our Patreon.com page to support the show. Patreon.com slash Richard Listens. Instagram at Richard Listens. I'm Richard Olmer. Burger clinical psychologist and your host of the Richard Listens show. So the challenges continue for us in the reality of quarantine and extended quarantines and uncertainty. I'm here for you as your guide and a resource if needed, direct to get you or someone you know counseling and support. Uh, as always, please reach out to me on Instagram at Richard Listens. And if you haven't already, go to patreon.com slash Richard Listens, support the show. Your contributions are what may makes the show possible and what keeps our amazing team together to bring you audio video clips and to get everything out there on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Today, we delve into another realm of high performers. It's a question that I face regularly and we go into the field of memory and how having memory skills might improve your ability to go on a job interview, run your business in an improved way, and also network and connect to people in a more improved way when relationships are what guides the world forward in many, many realms. Our guest today, Mr. Chester Santos, is the international man of memory. He's a U.S. memory champion. He's given improvement tips to CNN, PBS, NASDAQ, Credit Suisse, 
Berkeley and Harvard have hosted him as guest speakers. He will give techniques such as how to name 200 plus audience members after hearing their name once. He will memorize a hundred plus digit sequence of numbers, memorize and recall an entire deck of playing cards in less than 90 seconds, and he can recall all Kentucky Derby result winners since it started in 1875. Well, without further ado, we welcome to the show, international man of memory, a U.S. memory champion, Chester Santos. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Richard. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, likewise. I mean, everyone's asking, they always ask me, you work with high performers. Is that just, you know, mean that they can throw a football 50 yards in the air or hit home runs? And so I'm really, you know, thankful that you used the platform of LinkedIn to reach out to me and to really, you know, push the envelope on what we can do with our minds. Yeah, it's very important as you need to work on your mind as well as your body. <laughs> That's right. So how did you discover this, you know, growing up? Was this, were you training from a young age? I mean, were you like me kind of in third grade, you discovered you like kind of word puzzles? I mean, this is an interesting, you know, field to have devoted a lot of time to and to become a champion. Yeah, so it's pretty random how I ended up where I'm at now. Growing up, I often got the comment from people. Uh, people would just say to me, wow, you have a really good memory. And one night I was flipping channels and I just happened to catch a segment on ABC's 2020, that evening news program. They had a segment on the United States Memory Championship. And it sparked my interest because people, you know, said that I had a good memory. But when I looked into what the best people in the country were scoring in various events, they were memorizing hundreds of digits, hundreds of names, uh, decks of playing cards in just minutes, I quickly found out that although I was probably above average to start with, I wasn't on that level. So that's when I started doing research. Okay, how can I magnify my memory from where it's currently at? I read a lot of books. I did a lot of online research. I experimented, started to find what was working best for me personally, stuck to training myself in that small subset of techniques until eventually I did manage to win the United States Memory Championship. And since then, I've spent the last 12 plus years training other people around the world in the techniques that I feel can benefit them right away in their career personal life and also for kids uh, in school, this is very useful there as well. Oh, good. So I don't know if I want to share this with my audience then because it might give my kids a leg up. <laughs> just, just kidding. But I think, you know, for all listeners, Chester is going to give us some exercises today as well as go over a few ways. And, and these are topics he speaks about 
to audiences such as those at, at Harvard and Berkeley, top institutions in the, in the country, maybe techniques you can practice at home. Uh, so did your family support this? Did you have a mentor that said, run with this or is this solely you know where you were able to push yourself independently well you know at first as far as competing uh when i was competing in the united states memory championship it was just on my spare time but when i eventually won and wanted to turn this into a career training other people around the world family friends thought i was a little bit crazy because I was a software engineer. Uh, I have a master's degree in software engineering, so everyone thought it was a little bit nutty to try to go into this, you know, training, speaking and training on memory as a career. I, I also, I live in the Silicon Valley area. I live in San Francisco, so that's, that's a hot career, obviously, where I am. Oh, yeah. So people did think I was a bit nuts. You know, now things, or they have been going how I kind of envisioned. I've been able to give presentations now in more than 30 different countries for various types of organizations. Really, memory is going to be very important in just about any field. It's going to be useful in everyone's personal life because memory is a fundamental part of learning. So when you can improve your ability to remember things, it's going to have a profound positive impact on many different areas of your life. Yeah, I often, you know, think about that, right? They say your working memory is what, five plus or minus two items or something around that range. So, you know, it's like, a lot of times, right, as a, as a therapist now with multitasking, it feels like the capacity is being reached. Is it possible to stretch that capacity? Yeah, so normally they say about five to seven. Seven is usually listed as the max, which is why phone numbers are, are seven, seven digit. Um, however, uh, with the right technique, you can expand that, right? With the right techniques and a little bit of training and practice. So that's really my area is to expand one's ability to remember things and then apply that to things that might be useful in business, like remembering names to get more out of networking, to build better relationships, both business and personal with people. Remembering names, presentations, facts, figures, so it could be training material, could be processes, procedures, could be foreign languages, exam material. So th those are some of the things that I focus on in my training with companies and, and individuals around the world. Where did you start your training and how many people compete in the memory championship every year? And, and do you continue with it? Like, is it something like you, you get there and you say, I've arrived, or is it now like you want to be the best of the best? Yeah, so in terms of competing, I don't compete anymore. I'm really just focused on my career training other people around the world, uh, helping people to master these techniques so that they can become more successful again in their career and personal life. In terms of the number of competitors, it's different every year. 
been held at different locations over the years. And now the finals are held at MIT uh, every year, the university. Um, it's pretty intense. I mean, when I won the United States Memory Championship, I was able to memorize a deck of playing cards, like a shuffled deck of playing cards, in a little under 90 seconds. But nowadays, the top competitors can even do it in under 30 seconds. So the top scores go up and higher and higher every year, just like in physical sports, right? You see people are breaking records every year, right? What people thought were possible in terms of physical task abilities 10 years ago, right? It's quite different now, right? 10 years later, those limits have really been pushed. So it's the same for the mind and for memory as well. So nowadays, uh, I no longer compete, but I train other people in these types of techniques. Yeah, and something like sorting a deck of playing cards, from what I understand from my own you know, limited training in cognitive psychology, you know, you need to be able to sort by color, shape. It's not so easy. It's like different types of memory skills. Yeah, you're exactly right. You hit <laughs> on that. So the playing cards event actually is considered one of the most difficult because the information is so abstract, right? And there are so many aspects to that information, as you just pointed out. Whereas, for instance, the random word event might be a little bit easier in the United States Memory Championship uh, because it isn't as abstract. But there are techniques for all of this stuff, no matter what the information type. There are three main principles that I'll, I'll talk about that will apply no matter what specific technique you end up using and no matter what the information type is. The three main principles that memory champions like myself would always uh, employ are one, visualization. So try to turn whatever type of information it is that you're tackling, turn it into something you can see in your mind, something you can picture. We're very good at remembering things that we see. An example that I think everyone can relate to Let's say you go to a party, all right? You go to a party, you're meeting a lot of new people, all right? Two weeks after that party is over, you're talking with one of your friends that was there with you. And your friend says, hey, Richard, remember that attorney that we met at the party a couple weeks ago? He's also a member of the tennis club. Mm -hmm. As your friend is going through that description of the person from the party, a lot of times you can picture, right, who they're talking about. You might even remember what that person was wearing at the party or where they were standing at the party when you met them. But a lot of times, neither one of you can manage to remember what the person's name was. Right? So that's one example. A second example I'll give quickly. How many times have you been describing to a friend or family member an actor from a movie or a TV show? As you're going through that description, obviously in your mind, you can picture who you're talking about. Your friend or family member can also picture who you're describing, but neither one of you can come up with the name, and it's really frustrating to both of you, right? So those two examples illustrate pretty well that it, when it comes to dealing with people, we tend to be pretty good at remembering 
faces, but we're not nearly as good at remembering the name. Now, when you think about it, it makes sense because when we are interacting with people in various ways, we see the face, right? The face is recorded into our visual memory, but at no point do we actually see the name. The name is something much more abstract to the brain. So one way that you can get better at remembering names is to turn the names in some way into a visual. So Mike, I might visualize a, a microphone. Alice, sometimes I visualize a, a white rabbit because that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. And using that sort of idea, I'm actually able to open my presentations a lot of times with naming hundreds of people in the audience after just meeting everybody once before the presentation starts. But that's one principle, visualization. Second thing is try to involve additional senses if you can from there. Because as you involve additional senses, you're activating more areas of your brain and you're building more and more connections in your mind to the information. So I started in, in one point at, in an episode of PBS's Nova Science. They had me on there and I performed, you know, what at first seemed like all these crazy memory feats. Then they had me train David Pogue. Uh, you guys might know him from the New York Times. After that, they had these brain scientists, come on, neuroscientists. And their job was to, okay, explain to people at home how in the world did Chester do that? How was the host of the show able to do it after a little bit of training? And these brain scientists scientists confirm that it's because with these types of techniques, we're recruiting extra areas of the brain. So areas of the brain that people wouldn't normally use when committing things to memory with these types of techniques, we're recruiting more of the brain to help us. And part of this is learning to use more senses in order to activate more of your brain. This is amazing that you're saying this because this is exactly you know, now the studies with, you know, visualization and, and imagery for athletes, they call mental skills training, right? And what will be in, in the Richard Listen's book titled to be specified soon that's coming out this year is about, you know, the use of imagery. Because if you can smell what it's like at the ballpark, if you can sense what it's like when you hear the sounds of the crowd, right? Even the arousal levels of somebody giving you a hard time, right? You can kind of prime your body, right, to prepare as if you were in that moment. And there's so much more, right? It's almost like the learning becomes in the felt sense if you can use all the five senses. Exactly. Well, it's so cool talking with you, Richard, because I don't usually talk with people that understand this aspect of it, but that's exactly, uh, that is very true. And they've even done studies with athletes just visualizing practice sessions. Statistics are those who physically practice 50% and mentally practice 50% do just as well or better than those who only use physical practice. You got it. So that's so cool. Yeah, I mentioned that sometimes in my presentation. You are 
uh, very familiar with this. So, yeah, you can apply those principles to memory as well. So we've covered two of the main principles. The third principle you're probably familiar with as well, given your background, and that is there's a psychological aspect human memory. So the third principle is to, while you are seeing all of this stuff and experiencing it in your mind, make it crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way, because humans tend to remember things that catch us by surprise, right, with little to no effort at all. So if while we're doing this interview or if while people are watching this or listening to this, wherever they're at, if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room right now out of nowhere and started spraying water all over you with this trunk, if that actually happened at this moment, you would probably remember that for the rest of your life and always tell that story, right, without even trying to commit that to memory, right? Even 20 years later, you'll never believe this. I was listening to this podcast interview and an elephant just crashed into the room, right? Might be stuck there forever. So there is that psychological aspect to human memory. Realizing that, you can take that and apply it to things, believe it or not, that would be useful to remember, like names, presentations, and so on. So when you can apply the three principles, I'll just do a quick review. They are simply visualization, utilizing additional senses from there, and then using your creativity and imagination to make it all crazy, unusual, extraordinary. You can put those three things together instantly. It becomes easier to remember anything at all. So how does this apply, you know, to the grocery list or, you know, the kind of thing that people try and keep on their brain, uh, you know, regularly? Yeah, so per- perfect timing for that. that <laughs> you asked that question uh, just when I wanted to do an interactive exercise, actually, that will illustrate how to remember, for instance, a shopping list. This could apply to points from a presentation as well. There are actually a lot of use but we're going to learn something now called the story method. So you're going to memorize very quickly a random list of words. I encourage people that are watching this or listening to this to, to attempt it as well. Follow along. The random word list is going to be. Don't I love it. Down. Chester is challenging you guys. I'm, I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love it. He's bringing it today. Yeah, this is this is going to be a challenge for your memory. People are not used to remembering things nowadays. Normally, you would use an electronic device or something else, but just use your brain and your memory at, at this point. So the word list is going to be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. Now, normally people think there's no way they're going to be able to remember that, not unless I give them a lot of time to do it. If they were to attempt that, they would try to write down the list, 
over and over. They would repeat it over and over, you know, repetition till they got it drilled in their head. That's not an efficient way to get things in your memory. Instead, we're going to apply those three principles that I went over, visualization, additional senses. We're going to make it all weird and unusual. We're going to apply those principles into a story, all right? So just listen to what I described to you, and you should have all of the words down in about two, three minutes maximum. And believe it or not, even next week, without ever reviewing this again next week, you'll still know all of the words forwards and backwards. Just relax. Have fun with it. First word was monkey, Richard. So just visualize a monkey. The monkey is dancing around. It's making monkey noises. Whatever monkey would sound like. I'm working on the monkey impression. But just seeing here, the monkey now picks up a gigantic iron because that was the next word. So just see this monkey dancing around with the giant iron. Iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. Maybe even feel the rope. Maybe it feels sort of rough, really interact with it. All right. You look up the rope. You see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite. That kite is flying around in the air. You reach up maybe and try and touch that kite. Okay. The kite you see now crashes into the side of a house. Really see it smash into the house. The house, you notice, completely covered in paper. For some strange reason, completely covered in paper. Picture that. Next one was paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears, starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing it up as it's walking on it. See that shoe? The shoe smells badly, so you try to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe and you find a little worm crawling around. Really see that smelly worm. The worm jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something. I don't know. Envelope was next. The pencil appears out of thin air. It starts to write all over the envelope. Maybe it's addressing it, that pencil. Okay. Really see the pencil. The pencil now jumps into a river and there's a huge splash like you would never expect river, all right? The river, you notice, is crashing up against the giant rock. That rock flies out of the river. It crashes into a tree. The tree is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that. This one's growing cheese. And out of each piece of cheese, shoot a dollar. The last word was dollar. Now I'm going to go through this again very quickly in about 30 seconds. And your job is just to replay through this story that you created in your mind. So we started off with the monkey. The monkey was dancing around with what? It was an iron. What attached itself? It was a rope. The other end of the rope was attached to what? It was a kite. What did the kite crash into? It was a house. What was the house covered in? It was covered in paper. What walked on it? It was a shoe. What was crawling in the shoe? It was a worm. The worm jumped into what? It was an envelope. What wrote on it? It was a pencil. 
pencil. Pencil then jumped into what? It was the river. The river was crashing up against the rock. That rock flew into a tree. What was the tree growing? It was cheese. cheese. And what shot out? A dollar. So now you should be able to recall pretty easily all of those random words by simply going through the story in your mind and each major object that you see in the story will give you the next word. So Richard, <laughs> do your best, give it a try and people, you know, watching this or listening can follow along and see if they can do it as well. Oh boy, this is on limited sleep and not enough coffee. Let's see. Take your time. So let's see, we got Monkey rope. So we've got monkey iron. Iron rope kite tree. No okay. kite house. Got it. Paper a shoe worm envelope pencil river rock tree cheese dollar. Yeah, dollar. <laughs> that was it. Good job. You got it. You got them all under pressure there. I put pressure to great, man. And people can, you know, attempt to do that. I'm sure that you could even do it backwards if you tried to just go uh, through the story in reverse. Again, this is called the story method. It's just one of many techniques memory champions like myself use to pull off what at first seemed like amazing feats of memory, but really it's just the right technique and a little bit of training and practice. And we just did random words quickly, but those images could actually represent key points of a presentation. For instance, if you were giving a talk about healthcare in the United States, maybe your first image would be a stethoscope, just the doctor uses check your heartbeat, that would remind you of the broad topic of healthcare. First thing you're going to talk about in your presentation may be the high cost of healthcare. So shooting out of the stethoscope may be a bunch of $100 bills. Next thing you want to hit on in your presentation in order to get certain things covered, sometimes you have to find a way to cut through a lot of red tape. Maybe wrapping itself around all the $100 bills is a bunch of red tape. So you get the idea. This is a way a speaker can keep themselves organized or remember where you're at. Yeah, at least minimize the amount of notes that you use, right? So you can be more engaging with your audience. It's going to help you to be more effective, more persuasive as a speaker. There are so many applications for something as simple as that story method, meeting with clients, potential clients. Right. So you're meeting with a client, potential client. You want to make sure during that meeting you hit on these five, ten key things that you learned about their business, about their competitor, about their new product offering. They're going to be sitting there looking at you saying, wow, I mean, you know, Richard really knows his stuff. He really knows us. He really knows our company. Right now, you could, of course, look all of that stuff, but it isn't look at it all, all, all up, but it's not as impressive, right? When you can demonstrate that you have that knowledge, people are more impressive, right? You're you are perceived to be more of an expert in your field, you suddenly become much more memorable.
It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. And by the way, according to the book Sway, that's the greatest predictor of a relationship actually working is that somebody has researched and prepared for you as a client. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it really demonstrates, you know, that you care. And you're the, the amazing thing is that in today's business world, right, when, in which we're using our memory less and less, the average person, right? We are outsourcing our memory and other mental functions. I was going to ask you about the lack of use of GPS and how that's impacting the brain yeah. <laughs> or using GPS. Yeah. yeah, because people are so dependent on electronic device, the, the positive aspect is that if you work on your memory even a little bit, you really stand out nowadays, right? A little bit goes a long way. People are going to really notice it if you develop your memory skills. But let's hit on what you were just talking about, the, the danger in digital dependency. I like, I call it dangerous digital dependency. So you hit on one, uh, GPS, right? So it used to be that New York City and London taxi drivers were world famous for their memory ability. So much so that universities were doing research on their brain, right? <laughs> Nowadays, you get into a taxi and, you know, for instance, I got into a taxi in San Francisco, that's where I live, and something was wrong in that spot where we were at. There wasn't much of a network connection, and they couldn't even take me to the Civic Center, you know, which is just a, a landmark in the city that anybody should know how to get there, right? Now, you also have Uber and Lyft drivers that have been driving in a city maybe for three plus years already at this point. And if something's wrong with the app or something's wrong with the network connection in that area, you just have to pull over. They'll restart their phone a few times until things resolve themselves because even after years of driving in a city, they haven't even learned two or three streets because they've completely shut off their brain and become 100% dependent on that GPS to navigate for them. So without the GPS, they're they're almost handicapped 
in terms of their ability to navigate, right? So that's one thing. Another one I, I mentioned sometimes in my presentations, phone numbers. So we all used to be able to remember the phone numbers of friends, family members. I remember growing up, my parents would give me some emergency numbers that they felt. They said, hey, make sure you know these numbers in case of emergency, right? We all used to be able, we all used to be able to do that. But nowadays, you give somebody even one phone number and they feel paralyzed. They cannot do it. It's getting so bad that there are a lot of people out there nowadays that don't even know their own phone number. That's how bad it's getting. So these are some good examples of the use it or lose it principle as it applies to memory. Very good. Thank you for highlighting that. Yeah. So uh, how can we use this for networking? I mean, you know, you mentioned you know, to really build your business, to build your skills. I want to be more effective for more clients. I want to be present with them. I want to be, you know, in eye contact and not looking at notes. What are some other applications that you, you train on? Yeah, so listen on that. That's usually my most popular topic around the world, no matter what type of group I might be speaking to, because remembering names to build better business and personal relationships, that's going to apply to just about any career at all, and it's also applicable to everyone's personal life, right? So steps to remember names. I hit a little bit on the visual, like visualizing a mic for a microphone for mic or a white rabbit for the name Alice, but there's more to it. You also want to link it ideally to something about the look. When you're meeting the person, you think, for instance, this guy Mike has cool looking hair, like a cool hairstyle. If that's what you're noticing about him when you're meeting him, then you might imagine the mic just going through his hair or getting tangled up in his hair or something, right? Because the, the concept is, the idea is, the next time you see the person, if you ask yourself what is noticeable to you about them, you are very likely to notice what was noticeable to you personally before, right? So then the image that you put there will come back. In this case, the mic would remind you of the name Mike or Mike, right? So that's one thing. Now, that's going to take a little bit of training and practice, granted. So that's why if, if I were to train you in this in my online programs, I, I would simulate introducing you to a bunch of people, right? Because you really do need a little bit of practice. That. But let me give everyone, you know, listening to this podcast something that they can do right away. So you're going to combine that with four steps. Uh, step number one, right after you listen to this interview here, you can use this. Repeat the name when you're introduced to someone. If you're introduced to someone named John, just nice to meet you, John, or pleased to meet you, John. Get into that habit. Now, I, I know it seems so obvious, right? But a lot of times when someone is introducing themselves to us, our mind is all over the place. We're thinking about all sorts of other things. We don't pay any attention to the name. So that first step forces you to pay attention for at least one second. That's the only way you could repeat the name back to the person. So just if you'll start 
start doing that today, eventually it will become second nature, a habit. Step number two, early on in your interaction with the person, just ask them one simple question using their name. So John, how do you know Chester? Or John, how long have you been with this organization? And I want to clarify something here. I don't mean use the name over and over again to where it starts to seem sort of weird. Uh, really just using it once in the conversation is going to be enough to reinforce it. That number three, take a few seconds or less to think of a connection between the name and anything at all that you already know. And I really mean anything. So John might make you think of John Lennon. It could be, you know, a famous person like that. It could be a character from a TV show or movie that you like. But it could be something as simple as you might have a friend or family member, like you're, you're thinking of your Uncle John or something like that, right? So when you can come up with a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know, it really helps to lock the name better in your mind. And again, that should take a few seconds or less. Step number Four, fourth and final step, whenever you leave the party, the meeting, whatever type of function it might be, make it a point to say goodbye to people actually using their name, all right? That last bit of effort is going to go a long way toward helping you to remember those names long term. If you can put into practice those four steps, you're going to notice an immediate improvement in your ability to remember names. And then later, when you can combine them with that visual-based stuff that I talked about, that granted that will take a little bit more practice, but when you can put that all together, there is no doubt that you will be remembering more names than you ever have before. You might not be 100%, even I'm not 100%, but if you can remember 80 plus percent of the people that you're meeting, this is really going to pay huge dividends for you in your career and your personal life. When you think about the most popular people, all right, that are involved in various organizations, like maybe it's at your company, whatever, or if your club that you're a member of, the most popular people, if you think about it, you'll know they tend to know everybody, right, and things about them as well, their kids' names, things like that, right, because that is part of what helps to make you more popular, more likable. One profession that's clear on this politicians actually are very clear <laughs> on this and they usually I've actually been hired by some politicians over the years for private coaching with me that are really clear on how this helps to make you more popular and more likable yeah there's always a, a shaking of the hand and a repeating of the name I'm wondering if there's something also to touch and you know making it more intentional uh, into our memory that moment that that, that few seconds you mentioned i do recommend that as well yeah yeah i always reflect back i happen to be driving cross country on my way to la and my cousin and i stopped at a introductory speech to an mba program i think it was a duke it was either duke or north carolina university and the gentleman who gave the the keynote speech to welcome all these new students 
we just happen to be in the back trying to get some air conditioning and a snack and some lemonade. And this gentleman, he took a break and he did some icebreakers and he came around the entire room and he met everyone in the room, my cousin and I. And I just remember that I could have been a potential student. You know, he did not get into judgment or anything. He just got into the connection and the name. Uh, that was really endearing to me. Somebody at that, this power, so this prowess, this level of stature, I uh, was just trying to connect to everybody in the room. Yeah, it's really, it's very powerful. It helps you to definitely build a rapport with people, right? Again, it, it helps you build better relationships. Anything specific to sports and closing, what pitches they got a player out with or you know, hitters who remembering sequences, or now we have the, the World Series of Poker going on, people remembering cards and, you know, orders, uh, anything, you know, techniques that, that can be applied to those types of memory challenges? Yes, Richard. So there are actually a lot of applications, so I'll hit on it as much as I can briefly here. So one thing is the visualization that briefly went over in terms of if you develop your visualization ability, right, you will if you stick to this type of type of memory training, you'll find that you're able to create the imagery in your mind more clearly. You're able to come up with the imagery more quickly, right? And practice sessions in your mind can be very effective as if you were out on the field practicing, right, as we mentioned earlier. Remembering certain steps. So I'm a tennis player, uh, you know, just, you know, for fun, right, not a professional. Or anything, but I'm a member of the San Francisco Tennis Club. You know, when you take tennis lessons, so you take a lesson and the pro tells you, remember to do this, 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 and this, right? So at least with these uh, techniques, even with the story method, you could easily file away those steps, those recommendations, those tips. So when you find you're not hitting things correctly, okay, what did they say? Ah, let me try this. Now this, this, and this, right? Now getting your body to do it is that's <laughs> where I have the trouble, right? So I can re recall the steps, but getting my body to do it, it's a it's a muscle memory. It's a little bit different. My area is semantic, remembering information. But this is useful, right? Remembering all of the things that were said during your training session with that pro, right? So that's going to be a, a huge help. In addition... So just to your point, remembering in the muscles, if there's tension or anxiety, it's going to be harder to access it. So if you do have a routine that you need to go through the five steps to your tennis serve and your muscle is relaxed, you will be easier to access that information and, and input it. Your body's not going to fight it off, in other words. Yeah, definitely. So, and another part to this is, and this applies not to just sports, but to, you know, everything really that we've talked about today, is as you practice with this stuff, as you develop this visualization ability, right, and you're able to go through more mental practice, you 
build up your confidence, right? When your confidence levels are improved in terms of your memory and, and other things you're doing, you're able to be more relaxed, right? And being in a more relaxed state improves your performance as well, right? So that's, I think, another aspect to all of this. So I, I definitely think there is some synergy between these types of memory techniques and sports. And I, as an athlete, you're going to find many ways that you'll end up applying. How about uh, you mentioned that you help people with also language training. What what specific techniques can people start to apply? So is it, you know, the way of word sounds that maybe uh, they need or or is it what sounds like an English word or or is it similar where they're taking a picture of or is it just that a sound might make them laugh like how do they start to input uh, the information so it sticks yeah very good question there so this is very applicable to languages which you know you might want that for your personal development learning new languages it might also be though that you are interacting with people from other cultures so they speak other languages in addition to English, right? If you make an effort to just learn a few key words and short phrases, it's really appreciated and that helps to build rapport with people, right? So there's a lot to this. Is, this is an entire section of my online memory school. Yes, um, I want to hear about that before we go, yeah. yeah. This would be an entire portion of that training, but I will go over it as well as I can briefly here to give you an idea. You would learn Korean and the online school, but I make it clear how to apply the techniques to really any language. In Korean, for instance, the word for pea, like you're going to eat a green pea, is Kong, all right, Kong. Now, it sort of sounds like King Kong, all right? Now, now they are not pronounced exactly the same, uh, but they sound similar. So the idea is I might imagine, for instance, King Kong eating a gigantic green pea, all right? So <laughs> image locked away, King Kong is eating this gigantic green pea, okay? Later on, I need to say the word pea in Korean. So I'm seeing in my mind the green pea, what happened to it? Ah, King Kong was eating it, so it would remind me of the word that I was studying, Kong, right? So it's like a mental cue card or mental note card. All right. So there's a little bit more to it. Of course, you can go much deeper with this. I would also recommend learning images for common syllables or short sounds in the language as well. And then if you wanted to, depends on the language, like Chinese, you can create from the, the characters that look sort of like an image. You can learn how to memorize what the writing says as well. So you can go much deeper with this and there's more in, in the online memory pool. Yeah, so tell us more, you know, about it, how to get access to this material. I mean, do people hire you uh, in, in a 
to do large parties and, and presentations and uh, do you do it for fun and tell us more about your your online programs because people are at home now and now is a great time to challenge yourself to grow learn or come on and be a podcast guest yeah totally so yeah people are definitely spending more i'm doing more podcast interviews than ever <laughs> now and you know it's a great time for personal and professional development for sure if people like to learn more i i give presentations all over the world for various types of organizations, conferences, corporate events. But for personal, one's personal learning, I would recommend my online memory school program so people can check it out at memoryschool.net. Visualize a giant maybe fishing net so you remember that it's .net. Memoryschool.net, you will get access to an entire core training program which covers improving your memory in general, how to remember any information with numbers, so facts that contain contain figures, dates, uh, anything with numbers, uh, remembering names. I simulate introducing you to people. I teach you a wide variety of visual-based techniques that I wasn't able to get into today, so you'll really develop that skill. I cover giving presentations for memory. You'll do sample presentations. We'll learn foreign languages. We'll learn how to apply it to exam material. That's all in just the core training alone. There's an advanced training program after that, and then there's ongoing training every month. More videos are uploaded every month. So normally it's $200 to sign on to get instant access to all that. And then if you want to continue, there's just a monthly um, tuition for that. Uh, I set up for your listeners, if every anybody wants to give it a try, yes. uh, and use discount code Richard. Uh, for you, I set up, you have to indicate how many times it can be used. So I set it up for 50 uh, uses. So the first 50 of your listeners use coupon code Richard at memoryschool.net will be able to get started without any enrollment fee at all. Um, so it'll only cost them $40 to get started. Um, so hopefully people will give it a try if they're interested. Yeah, well, we'll be sure to put that in the, in the show notes and uh, tag that on social media. I know I probably can use the uh, presentation skills getting in front of larger and larger groups, uh, even if they're on Zoom right now. We're all adjust nowadays. But it's a wonderful gift if you know a few words in a different language, especially here and we're in Los Angeles or here in San Francisco and especially in the world of cultural competency and sensitivity if you can say anything you know I had a friend that when I, I lived with him my junior year abroad uh, he knew how to say two lines fluently in Hebrew and he would just walk up to everybody and say them and it's amazing how many people stopped 
and began to engage just because of the attempt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. A little bit goes a long way. It really, people appreciate that little bit of effort, and it, it, it right away builds rapport. Yeah, exactly. So, Chester, it's a real gift getting to know you. We have discount code Richard at Memory School or Memory Skill? Uh, memory School. Memory uh, School. Yeah, memoryschool.net. Yep, and you got it. Keep on code Richard. Yeah, so tell us more. Where, where will you be the rest of the year? And what can we look forward uh, to? Can people YouTube you? How can they, they see more? Of, uh, or is it all through the platform? Yeah, so for the training itself, uh, that's the place to go to memoryschool.net. If you just want to keep in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where we where we connected uh, originally. Yeah. So people can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Also on Instagram, my Instagram is Chester J Santos. So I have a series there. It isn't uh, really training. Is I just uh, give tips from around the world. So I was traveling a lot before, you know, the current uh, pandemic going on. I was traveling constantly for presentations. So I have a series where each week on Instagram, I will upload a one-minute video from some interesting location around the world, and I talk about how that location in some way relates to memory or the brain. Uh, for instance, I'll give you one now. I was at Rome, at, at the Colosseum in Rome, talking about how the Roman order gave speeches hours in length for memory without any notes. Cicero, the famous orator, used the technique that you'll learn in the online memory school to give presentations. So things like that, I'll visit some location and talk about how it relates to memory. So you can find those videos on my Instagram. That's incredible. That's why you're the international man of memory. The international man of memory, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, do you ever get pulled into parlor tricks or anything fun too, or, or, or is that too low brow? <laughs> You know, no, well, I, you know, if I'm at a party or something, it just depends. I, sometimes I go to just a networking event or, you know, it can be like a, a holiday party or something like that where I, they might have me just name everybody there. I'll name everybody at the party, things like that. Just for fun on, at, at bars, I might have somebody write down on my card, the back of my card, like a hundred numbers. Numbers, and I'll quickly memorize those and repeat them backwards and backwards. So I mean, sometimes I just have fun with my with my skills. <laughs> That's great. You gotta enjoy it, right? So it's not stressful. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to learn. We didn't even get into that. How how numbers is it also uh, a visual thing with numbers? It is, but you have to learn the system. Now it only takes about one hour to learn the system. I don't want to scare people off, but it will take about one hour to, you know, initially learn the system, start working with it. Basically, what it involves is you'll learn how to take anything abstract. So it could be a number, it could be a playing card, right? Turn something that at first seems abstract into a concrete 
image. Once you have a concrete image for the number sequence, then there's a lot of other options you have from there. You could build the story, you'll learn other things in the online memory school, but you've got to learn that system first, and, and that's covered in the online program. I love it. You left me hungry for more, Chester. I hope our listeners are. You're a real gentleman, and I appreciate everything about your, your interaction and follow-up and leading up to being on the show. And uh, just so all our listeners know, and if Chester's willing, we're doing with all our guests a follow-up Q&A a short time in the future. So should the guests come back with a series of questions, you'll have us back for a Q&A that goes strictly to our Patreon listeners, uh, those who want advanced content and uh, supporters of the Richard Listen Show. Oh, wow, um, that's cool. Yeah, I will look forward to doing that. Thank you. Again, thank you again. Chester Santos, U.S. memory champion, international man of memory, and he taught me something today, despite being sleep-deprived and groggy. So there's no <laughs> the story method, and uh, I can't wait to learn some more. Maybe uh, keep learning language, even though I'm past, what do they say, when you're beyond uh, your teenage years or something that goes down the capacity. But you never know. Thank you again, Chester. Thank you. Well, that was a real treat, Chester Santos, uh, international man of memory and memory champion he taught me something today and so you too no matter how difficult the time it may be no matter what is going on in your life right now post quarantine we can always challenge ourselves to keep learning and have one space of our life that is increasing in capacity increasing our memory increasing our love increasing our authenticity increasing our connection to one another our neighbors, our families, if there's some way out there that you can, in this quarantine world, make connection to people, uh, whether it be using technology or just by walking your neighborhood and making sure to share some positive energy with those around you, including those in your closest living environment, please do so. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listen. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. 
Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.